0: Today's reading is from Psalm 40, as we uh, begin a new series called The Whole Story, which uh, Drea will be kicking off. Um, The the main inspiration from that is from Psalm 40, and and we'll be reading the message uh, paraphrase, and I'll be reading the whole paraphrase of Psalm 40, so just giving you a preparation for that. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. Blessed are you who give yourselves over to God. Turn your backs on the world's sure thing. Ignore what the world worships The world's a huge stockpile of God wonders and God thoughts. Nothing and no one comes close to you. I start talking about you, telling what I know, and quickly run out of words. Neither numbers nor words account for you. Doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. So I answered, I'm coming. I read in your letter what you wrote about me, and I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life, became part of my very being. I've preached you to the whole congregation. i kept nothing back, God. You know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret. Didn't keep it to myself. I told it all, how dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. Now, God, don't hold out on me. Don't hold back your passion. Your love and truth are all that keeps me together. When troubles ganged up on me, a mob of sins past counting, I was so swamped by guilt I couldn't see my way clear. More guilt in my heart than hair on my head, so heavy the guilt that my heart gave out. Soften up, God, and intervene. Hurry and get me some help. So those who are trying to kidnap my soul will be embarrassed and lose face. So anyone who gets a kick out of making me miserable will be heckled and disgraced. So those who pray for my ruin will be booed and cheered without mercy. But all who are hunting for you, oh, let them sing and be happy. Let those who know what you're all about tell the world you're great and not quitting. And me, I'm a mess. I'm nothing and have nothing. Make something of me. You can do it. You've got what it takes. But God, don't put it off. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. morning. It is good to be together in the house of the Lord at Minor Elementary School this morning. Amen? Amen. 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 This is a teens tall. So I, I mean, we're close to fall. We're not quite there yet. But I feel like I can confidently say that we're in, like, D.C. fall, D.C. second summer to the fall. Basically, I'm feeling really good that not every day is like a 90-degree swamp town. I think that that feels great. Yeah? So many nods. Praise the Lord. It's almost fall. We're so close. (laughs) Um, Yes, but it is, it's almost fall. School has started. We're in a new um, semester. Um, and I'm excited because today we are starting a new series. Oh, that was just for me. I appreciate that so much. Um, we are starting a new series today. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna lead us into October. So it's a six week series and, um, it's called the whole story. We're going to be focusing for six weeks on uh, the practice of testimony, what it means to give testimony, um, what it means to do that as a community, the spiritual practice of testimony. So we're going to be walking through um, a six-week sermon series and also six weeks of reflection and practice together, um, and we're going to be engaging in storytelling together, um, just literally practicing what testimony means, what it means to share it and receive it. So I am so excited to show you these guides. You may have picked one up outside, um, outside the door. Um, if you didn't, you can get one on the pub table outside the door um, as you go today. We're going to be using these throughout the whole series. It says series guide. These, I just wanna say, these are a labor of love by a group of people um, in this community who collaborated together to, um, to write it, to design it, to produce it. I just wanna say thank you, a special thank you to Justin and Betty and Joey and Amy, Dana and Sarah for all the work that you put into this. Yes. Uh, blood, sweat and tears. I'm sure somebody got a paper cut, so blood, sweat and tears. I've gone into this book. Um, and they are so beautiful. I just, again, I just want you to look at it and cherish it. Um, please get one and please use it. <laughs> so the work is not in vain. Um, but yes, we're gonna, so we're gonna be using these guides for six weeks. Each week we're gonna be preaching on a different aspect of storytelling, of testimony. So um, there are each, each week is a different theme. So we'll look at testimonies of faith, community, hope, Origin, Failure, and Triumph. And the guide corresponds with each week's topic and has um, reflection and writing prompts in it. Um, Most small groups that you just were introduced to the the small group leaders, most small groups will be walking through these prompts together too. Um, And there's time, there's gonna be time every week in your small group for storytelling each week, some different prompts to do together when you meet with your small group. And then at the end of our series, we're going to celebrate together with a night of testimony in October. Yes. Um, so more details on, to come on that. Um, so be on the lookout. But yes, just make sure you grab a guide before you go. Um, and, and yeah, get excited about this series. We're going to be talking about um, testimony, what that practice looks like for us as a community. So different Traditions practice testimony uniquely. Um, I know that a diverse range of experiences are represented here in this room. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm curious. When I say testimony, what comes to mind? Like what are the things that pop in your mind, your associations with the word testimony? Just call out. Story. Story. Test. Test. Okay. Hmm? Miracle. Miracle. Mm-hmm. Witness, oh. hmm? baptism, baptism. Mm-hmm. Joy. joy, experience. experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these. I mean, we've all kind of come through uh, different traditions. Uh, maybe you're familiar with what testimony is, maybe you're not. We have these different associations with them. Um, I, I wanna say that as we experiment with practicing testimony as this community, All of those experiences, all of those associations do not need to be checked at the door. Um, They need to be brought to the table. The the, the associations that you have, um, the ways that you've practiced testimony, the ways you haven't practiced testimony in your life, um, all those things need to be brought and are welcome uh, to the table as as we work through this together. So as this series has been developed over the last few months and just in thinking about how to build our framework today I've been thinking about the role of stories in our culture. Um, So typically when sermon prepping, I do a good amount of random Googling, um, you know, research. And (laughs) this week I looked up stories. I just Googled stories. Um, At least the first five pages of the Google search results were articles on Instagram stories. So like how they stole that idea from Snapchat, how businesses who use Instagram see like um, a certain percentage bump <laughs> in sales, how to work around Instagram's algorithm, using stories to get more views. If you're like an influencer, how to screenshot somebody's story without, no, without them knowing. There were like a lot of articles about that, surprisingly. Um, that felt creepy. I, don't get me wrong. I love a good Instagram story, <laughs> um, but I think I think I was, uh, I was surprised and I think I was a little disappointed um, by the results. I didn't really get past uh, page five because I was disappointed. I think that I was surprised at um, the commodification of something as powerful as storytelling. It just surprised me. Um, full disclosure, outside of Instagram and Instagram stories, I am a terrible storyteller. I don't know why y'all asked me to introduce this storytelling series. I'm real bad at it. Um, I'm the person who, like, puts too many details in the story. I, like, follow, like, random trails that I think lead back to the main point of the story, but they really don't. Um, If you need a good story, like, you need to see junior Don't come to me. Uh, Jr. knows how it's done. I'm much more of a, like, cool story bro kind of storyteller. Um, You have full permission to ask me to hurry up my stories, not while I'm preaching, um, but in person, regularly, you can ask me to hurry them along. Just do it really nicely. For tips on how to do this nicely, I will direct you to Andrew Ackerman. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, storytelling. Stories, stories are powerful. Maybe that's really cliche to, cliche to say, um, but stories are very powerful. I looked through a book this week by um, Babette Buster on uh, the art of storytelling. The book is called Do Story. And in one of the chapters, She's just like, she's remarking and thinking about the clarifying power of stories, how stories help us to process our experiences, um, how they help us to dissipate the confusion that experiences sometimes bring us. And she says that this this clarifying power in stories is why we, we ask each other frequently what happened. Like something happened, tell me what happened. I want you to tell me what happened. And she said that she noticed that when some kind, of, some kind of like an event happens that's on the news, the first question that's asked by many reporters on the news is, how do you feel? And usually the frequent response is, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't have the words, I, I can't articulate that yet. And she, so she's writing in, in this chapter that we're all seeking clarity when we tell a story. And I think that's what makes the commodification of stories so hard to me. Instead of sharing stories and receiving stories in order to gain clarity, to increase our understanding, to increase our empathy, to learn. Instead, we've begun treating stories like some kind of currency, like only certain kinds of stories have value or only certain storytellers have value the narrative, whatever narrative that you have to tell needs to be highly curated because it comes with like a sell, like an expectation. Um, And the narratives that aren't wrapped up real neat or the ones that don't have some kind of um, like selling or entertainment value are just cast aside. And we're told that our stories are not good enough, um, that we shouldn't tell anybody about what's happening to us until it's resolved, um, until it's neatly wrapped up, um, that those stories are the ones that should not be told. So this series, these experiments that we're gonna be um, practicing together as a community, they're meant to come up against this cultural way of storytelling, to open up our understanding of not just our stories, but what it means to practice testimony. The spiritual practice of testimony does involve storytelling, but it's storytelling with a purpose. And we're gonna intentionally step into that as a community. So the centering scripture for this series is Psalm 40. It was just in red in its entirety earlier. Um, and the series title, the whole story, actually comes from um, the message translation of verses 9 and 10 of Psalm 40. I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back, God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret, didn't keep it to myself. I told it all, how dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all, let the congregation know the whole story. So in the Bible, um, there are three main words used that get translated into English as testify or preach or bear witness to bring news. So I'm gonna share all three of those. (laughs) One of them is in Psalm 40. Um, The Hebrew word that's translated here as preach, I've preached you to the whole congregation, is the word basar. It's translated in other uh, versions of the Bible as proclaim to bring tidings, announce to bring news. So basar is the word that Jesus uses when he quotes Isaiah 61 in the Gospel of Luke when he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's that word. It's also what he uses um, in his commission to his disciples in the Gospel of Mark. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. It's this particular word basar. So when the, when the Hebrew Old Testament was translated into Greek, because it was just written in Hebrew, when it was translated into Greek in the 2nd century BC, um, basar was translated into the Greek word euangelizo, from which we get the English word evangelize. And then the third word that's found in the Bible translated as testify is the Greek word martyrio, also translated as to give testimony, to testify, to give evidence. It's where we get the English word martyr, basically meaning to give evidence of something with your life or with your death. So we gather from these words in the Bible that the practice of testimony is more than just telling our stories. It's an important part of it, but it's not the whole of it. To practice testimony is to bear witness. It's to proclaim, to testify, to give evidence of both the movement of God and to the realities of life. To bear witness to the movement of God and to the realities of life. And both of these things are imperative in giving testimony. Do we bear witness to the goodness of God? Yes. But we also bear witness to our own experiences, the way that things are hard, how things are not the way that they should be. And that's where this idea of the whole story comes in. The practice of testimony is to bear witness to, to tell the whole story, not just part of it. I've preached you to the whole congregation, I've kept back nothing. God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret, didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. So in this series, we're going to be purposefully practicing giving testimony, telling this whole story. Now obviously we can't do that all at once, or I guess we could, it would just take a long time. But the different themes each week in the guide and and through the sermon series are meant to engage another part of our testimony, another way to testify. So we'll share testimonies of faith, that's this week. In bearing witness to God and to reality, faith is a thread that inevitably runs through our stories. Next week we'll share testimonies of community because testimony is only practiced with other people. Someone has to be giving testimony and somebody has to be there to receive it. We'll look at the role of hope in our testimonies. We'll look at um, how our origin stories, the parts of our testimony we didn't choose, affect the stories we're able to tell and live into now. And the last two weeks of this series we'll be sharing stories of failure, because you can't leave that out, and stories of triumph as part of our testimony. To keep all these parts of our story inside is to hoard them, or to only like share little parts, is, is to hoard it. To ignore these parts of the stories of others is to listen to their stories only with the intent to consume them. And that's not what we're gonna do if we're gonna testify together, we're gonna testify to the whole thing. So each week in the series guide, you're gonna be prompted to do some personal reflection on your own. It's not a lot, I promise, it's not daily, it's like one page per week, you can do it. Um, You'll do some personal reflection on your own in order to think through and even start to develop these parts of your story, maybe for the first time, maybe you haven't really thought about it this way. Um, When we practice testimony, we have to start with our own, right? And I love that this is how Psalm 40 starts. Um, Verse 1, I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked, finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from the deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. So the psalmist here is starting with their own story. This is what happened to me. Let me tell you, I was in a deep ditch a deep mud pit and I waited and waited for God. And then they continue bearing witness to how God showed up there. God pulled me out of the ditch and the mud. It happened to me, I'm giving you the evidence that this is what happened to me. And in verses four and five, they continue to bear witness to what God has done and what God can do to those who are listening Blessed are you who give yourselves over to God. Turn your backs on the world, the world's sure thing. Ignore what the world worships. The world's a huge stockpile of God wonders and God thoughts. Nothing and no one comes close to God. So when we share our testimony, we're bearing witness to the transformation of our lives by the movement of God. That's why it's crucial for us to share our whole stories. There's not like. Um, um, There's no moment. there's no season, there's no part of our lives that's not a call to change, to step into faith. There's not a part of our story that's not significant. There's not a part of our story that doesn't testify, that doesn't bear witness. That's why we have to tell the whole thing. When we tell our, our deep ditch stories, when we recount the massive amount of mud that we've had to clean off of ourselves, we proclaim in faith, to ourselves and to those who are listening, that what God has done once, God can do again. And I want to say here that I know that not every testimony is tied up in a neat bow like this, okay? I mean, probably most testimonies are not. I honestly think this is one of the reasons why we don't talk about the practice of testimony a lot i think it's like we think that to give testimony to bear witness to god um, to bear witness even to our own experiences we have to have it all figured out and wrapped up real nice like i was in a ditch and god rescued me and now here i am proclaiming the goodness of god and praise god for those testimonies we need those and i i believe they solidly point us towards the lord but i know that a lot of the time our testimony stops at like verse one, I waited, and I waited, and I waited for God. We're in a ditch, covered in mud. We're waiting for God, not sure what will happen, or if God will show up at all. This is also part of our whole story testimony. By sharing your struggle, by revealing the mud that's like still on your face, when you don't know how to wash it off or how you'll climb out of the ditch, that is still bearing witness. That's telling the whole story. I think the second half of Psalm 40 is actually my favorite part. So in the first half, the psalmist has testified to their experience. They've proclaimed the goodness of God to the whole congregation. But immediately following that verse, uh, though in verse 11, the the psalmist comes back full circle, back to waiting for God to show up again. Now, God, don't hold out on me. Don't hold back your passion. Soften up, God. Intervene. Hurry. Get me some help. I'm a mess. I'm nothing and I have nothing. Make something of me. You can do it. You've got what it takes, but God, don't put it off. Telling the whole story, testifying and bearing witness is not just about concrete answers or like completed narratives. Our testimonies don't consist solely of the times when we've trusted God undoubtedly, but also the times we've wondered where God is at all. This Psalm cycles from past tense testimony, I waited for God, God lifted me up, to present tense testimony, God, don't hold out on me now, hurry up and help me. This is the same cycle that we follow. This is the cycle that we, that we follow um, in, in practicing testimony. And, and I want you to hear that no part of that cycle is more valuable than the other part. So we're gonna be practicing sharing all these parts of our stories together in the coming weeks. There are some spiritual practices that are meant to be done alone, like they're meant to be cultivated independently. But testimony is not one of them. <laughs> The very act of telling our stories pushes us towards our community. Telling our stories is meant to transform both us and those who are listening. We tell our stories, but again, we tell them with purpose. Verses one through three again. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked, finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from the deep mud, He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. As we tell our stories to one another, as we testify, we are pointing one another towards God, towards transformation. And that's one of the powerful things about testimony, So we do give testimony and we also receive it. Part of the intention for our series is for us to have opportunities, yes, to think through our own testimony. We gotta start there. But we're also gonna be practicing and experimenting how to hold the testimonies of others. That's active too. So in verse six of the Psalm, the psalmist addresses God and talking about what they've learned about God through telling the story. In verse six, um, doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after, God. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. The act of testifying here becomes larger. We don't testify only to what we have seen, what we have experienced, but we become witnesses to the experiences of others and that's the, the pure definition of what it means to bear witness. There is such a validation in our stories being held well. So the first small group that I was ever in, in this community, um, still holds my story in a way that's been very transformative for me, and this was years ago. So I remember that a few months in, we didn't know each other that well, um, Maybe we were just all in desperate place, I don't know. But a few months in, we went on a retreat with the sole purpose of just telling our stories to one another. I would, and, and I'm not speaking for everybody in the group. Some of them are here. I, I would say, though, that most of us, if not all of us, were very much in the I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for God part of the psalm. Like, we had not tied things up in a boat. It was like, we're here, I'm here, and I'm waiting. Um, but we testified anyway. We did that Anyway. Like, I can remember what the room smelled like. I can remember that it was cold and there was snow on the ground. Um, And I can remember that there was a weight in the room that I had not experienced before. I had not experienced what it was like to testify to friends who were committed to simply holding my story well. They weren't trying to convince me that I was wrong. They weren't trying to cover up their faces that were thinking I was weird. And it felt like a, a privilege for me to be able to do that for them too. I mean, I have a f- lot of like fun memories from that trip. Like there was an unexpected mouse friend that was in the house and that got crazy and ridiculous. Uh, Drew almost lost his leg in a snowball fight. He has a scar to prove it. You should ask him about it later. Um, but honestly, when I look back on that weekend, I know that it was the testimonies of that time that have brought me even to where i am today it was that i was allowed to hold others testimonies and that i was allowed to let others hold mine and i could trust that they were going to do it well or that we were going to give it our best shot there's something powerful in that i can't even fully articulate i mean we can't know the whole story (laughs) without knowing the experiences of other people stories that are completely different than our own stories when when we look at the wide expansive body of Christ we have to concede that no one has cornered the market on understanding God or experiencing God it's in our testimonies it's, it's our collective sharing of what we know about God that allows us to see the bigger picture, to get closer to truly knowing what the whole story even is. I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back. God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret, I didn't keep it to myself. I told it all how dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. I let the congregation know the whole story. We cannot practice testimony without one another. We cannot know the whole story without one another because ultimately in sharing our stories with one another, what we are doing is bearing witness to the story of God, the actual whole story. There's this bigger narrative that we're a part of. We believe that history has a trajectory, that we're living in the arc of the biblical narrative that starts in a garden, ends in a city, that we were created by a good God, that we stumbled, that we fell away from that God, that we were rescued and redeemed by that same God through God's son, and that one day God would make the wrong things right by restoring what was damaged. We're in the middle of this story and we're still testifying to it. You know that feeling um, that you get that, y- that you have when you realize how um, small you are, like compared to the rest of the world? I mean, not in like stature, but like in the vastness of the, of the world. I think for some people, it's like standing atop a mountain um, or in like a, a dense forest, maybe even at the bottom of like a skyscraper. Um, for me, it's being at the ocean. You just look out and think about how deep the ocean is, how many species of animals live in it, the depths of the ocean that you'll never know because you're just incapable and small of ever knowing those depths. Um, It's this feeling of being small. Carl Sagan was an American astronomer who wrote a book called Pale Blue Dot. Um, And this picture is published in it. It's hard to see. But this is a picture of Earth taken by the Voyager 1 spacecraft in the 90s from about 6 billion miles away. And so, Sagon wrote, wrote about the vastness of this photo, kind of his thoughts in this photo in his book. And this is what he says. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us on it. Everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of religions, ideologies, economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero, every coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. (laughs) We're very small. (laughs) I, I think sometimes in light of God's story, in light of the whole story, it feels that our stories were so small they must be insignificant compared, p- comparing to, to the vastness of the greater story. But that's the power of testimony as a spiritual practice. God tells us that God's story, the whole story, the actual whole story is comprised of our stories too. Our individual stories, our experiences, are significant in light of the whole story. They're not overtaken by it. That's huge, that's huge to me. We testify to this whole story by telling our story. Our stories are about our identity, who we are, and who we are is completely wrapped up in the story of God. I'm so excited to walk through this series together, to lean further into the whole story, to be in expectation together of what God is doing by sharing what God has done. I really am. um, So we're gonna continue with our service here in a minute. We're gonna sing together. um, But I, I wanna encourage you to take a minute, take a moment to reflect on your own story as we prepare to share them with each other over the coming weeks. Which part of the psalm do you find yourself in, in any given spot in your life right now? Are you convinced of the work of God in your life, and that's where you are and you're fiery and ready? Are you waiting for God to show up? Are you asking God to hurry up? But as we launch into this new series together, as a community, and I, I also wanna say that when we give testimony, who we are and who the people are who are listening is significant too. So we're, we're practicing testimony as Christ City Church together. Um, we haven't done that before. It's gonna take some reflection, it's gonna take some patience, uh, it's gonna take some courage. But this is what we believe. We believe that there's a whole story. We believe that our church is a part of that, and we believe that each person is a part of that. So this morning, I want you to take a minute for yourself, reflect on where you are, and when you're ready, we'll testify together through song as we end the service. So let me pray for us. God, I feel excited and I feel um, a little nervous about what I think that you're asking us to do in the next few weeks. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, Um, what each home, as we meet for small groups, is going to look like, what stories will be told. I ask God that as we start to prepare ourselves, that you would open up our ears That you would open up our mouths to testify. That you would strengthen us with courage. That you would bless us with patience. I pray, God, that the next six weeks of walking together as a community are healing. I pray, God, against um, the harm that is always present as a risk when we tell our stories. And God, I ask that as we testify to our stories, to your story, to the whole story, that we won't be the same in six weeks, that we would have a deeper understanding of who you are, who we are. Would you allow us to continue to step into and understand the way that you work and what you desire for us. I am grateful to be doing this with other people. (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity to learn about you, to testify about you, and to dig in even to our own lives, our own experiences. We love you, we give this time of reflection up to you, we offer you our stories and we offer you uh, the next six weeks in expectation. Amen.